Yes, everybody, you heard it right. You heard it. The chickens are outside in the coop. Yeah. That's... You probably didn't hear that, and you're wondering what we're talking about. The pet conversation from yesterday. Yeah, we have so many going. conversations without you guys. Yeah, honestly. One of these days, we're just going to keep this running, and you can just continually listen. It's kind of entertaining. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, a lot of things get done in between the tapings. Yes, if you have literally nothing else to do, you could sit there and listen to an hour. Oh yeah, we are so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Oh man, especially you know, Eric. Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. Well, hey, we're going to move back to 1 Kings today. I'll get on the right page of my Bible. So yesterday we read about Jeroboam and Rehoboam, but more importantly, we read about the division of the nation of Israel. And so now we are going to jump back to 1 Kings, not 2 Kings. That would have been a very confusing story for everyone. It would have been. Yeah. We're going to read about Abijam today. Abijam. 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 Is that how you're going to say it? That's how I'm saying it. Abijam. 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 Okay, I'll say it that way. You know, I have a feeling Abijam. that your lovely wife is going to be unhappy with that pronunciation, but she I'm going to go with it. She probably will be. Yeah, Abijam. She probably will be. I heard her listening to us the other day, so it's good. Love that. Yeah. Even though we can't pronounce anything. All right, here we go. we got okay. a lot to read today, and we're going to start in 1 Kings 15, 1 through 24. Oh, okay. Really? Oh, yeah. Good thing you said that. Yeah. Abijam. Okay. Abijam rules in Judah. Abijam began to rule over Judah in the 18th year of Jeroboam's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother was Makkah, the granddaughter of Absalom. He committed the same sins as his father before him, and he was not faithful to the Lord his God, as his ancestor David had been. But for David's sake, the Lord his God allowed his descendants to continue ruling, shining like a lamp, and he gave Abijam a son, to rule after him in Jerusalem. For David had done what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and had obeyed the Lord's commands throughout his life, except in the affair concerning Uriah the Hittite. There was war between Abijam and Jeroboam throughout Abijam's reign. The rest of the events in Abijam's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. There was constant war between Abijam and Jeroboam. When Abijam died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Asa became the next king. Asa rules in Judah. Asa began to rule over Judah in the 20th year of Jeroboam's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem 41 years. His grandmother was Makkah, the granddaughter of Absalom. Asa did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, as his ancestor David had done. He banished the male and female shrine prostitutes from the land and got rid of all the idols his ancestors had made. He even deposed his grandmother Makkah from her position as queen mother because she had made an obscene Asherah pole. Hmm. He cut down her obscene pole and burned it in the Kidron Valley. Although the pagan shrines were not removed, Asa's heart remained completely faithful to the Lord throughout his life. He brought into the temple of the Lord the silver and gold and the various items that he and his father had dedicated. There was constant war between King Asa of Judah and King Basha of Israel. King Basha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. Asa responded by removing all the silver and gold that was left in the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. He sent it with some of his officials to Ben-Hadad, son of Tabramon, son of Hezion, the king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus along with this message. Let there be a treaty between you and me like the one between your father and my father. See, I am sending you a gift of silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. 
Ben-Hadad agreed to King Asa's request and sent the commanders of his army attack the towns of Israel. They conquered the towns of Ijon, Dan, Abel, Bethmaka, and all Kinnereth, and all the land of Naphtali. As soon as Basha of Israel heard what was happening, he abandoned his project of fortifying Ramah and withdrew to Terzah. Then King Asa sent an order throughout Judah, requiring that everyone, without exception, help to carry away the building stones and timbers that Basha had been using to fortify Ramah. Asa used these materials to fortify the town of Geba and Benjamin and the town of Mizpah. The rest of the events of Asa's reign, the extent of his power, everything he did, and the names of the cities he built are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. In his old age, his feet became diseased. When Asa died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then Jehoshaphat, Asa's son, became the next king. Okay, we're going to jump forward here to 2 Chronicles 13. And we're going to read 13 to 16. 2 Chronicles chapter 13. Abijah's war with Jeroboam. Abijah began to rule over Judah in the 18th year of Jeroboam's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother was Makkah, the daughter of Uriel from Gibeah. Then war broke out between Abijah and Jeroboam. Judah, led by King Abijah, fielded 400,000 select warriors, while Jeroboam mustered 800,000 select troops from Israel. When the army of Judah arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, Abijah stood on Mount Zemaram and shouted to Jeroboam and all Israel, saying, Listen to me! Don't you realize that the Lord, the God of Israel, made a lasting covenant with David, giving him and his descendants the throne of Israel forever? Yet Jeroboam, son of Nebat, a mere servant of David's son Solomon, rebelled against his master. Then a whole gang of Cascandras joined him, defying Solomon's son Rehoboam when he was young and inexperienced and could not stand up to them. Do you really think that you can stand against the kingdom of the Lord that is led by the descendants of David? You may have a vast army and you may have those gold calves that Jeroboam made as your gods, but you have chased away the priests of the Lord, the descendants of Aaron and the Levites, and you have appointed your own priests, just like the pagan nations. You let anyone become a priest these days. Whoever comes to be dedicated with a young bull and seven rams can become a priest of these so-called gods of yours. But as for us, the Lord is our God. And we have not abandoned him. Only the descendants of Aaron serve the Lord as priest. And the Levites alone may help them in their work. They present burnt offerings and fragrant incense to the Lord every morning and evening. They place the bread of the presence on the holy table and they light the gold lampstand every evening. We are following the instructions of the Lord our God, but you have abandoned him. So you see, God is with us. He is our leader. His priests blow their trumpets and lead us into battle against you. Blow a trumpet. Thank you. O people of Israel, do not fight against the Lord, the God of your ancestors, for you will not succeed. Meanwhile, Jeroboam had secretly sent part of his army around behind the men of Judah to ambush them. When Judah realized that they were being attacked from the front and the rear, they cried out to the Lord for help. Then the priests blew the trumpets. Ha <laughs> ha! I can't blow a trumpet. Do, do, do. Wow. There you go. That was, that was very priestly. And the, men, and the men of Judah began to shout. Hey! At the sound of their battle cry, God defeated Jeroboam and all Israel and routed them before Abijah and the army of the Lord. The Israelite army, they fled from Judah. Make some fleeing noise. Ah! Very good. And God handed them over to Judah in defeat. Abijah and his army inflicted heavy losses on them. 
500,000 of Israel's select troops were killed that day. So Judah defeated Israel on the occasion because they trusted in the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Abijah and his army pursued Jeroboam's troops, and they captured some of his towns, including Bethel, Jeshana, and Ephron, along with their surrounding villages. So Jeroboam of Israel never regained his power during Abijah's lifetime, and finally the Lord struck him down and he died. Meanwhile, Abijah of Judah grew more and more powerful. He married 14 wives and had 22 sons and 16 daughters. The rest of the events of Abijah's reign, including the words and deeds, are recorded in the commentary of Iddo the prophet. Oh. Do you have that commentary? Uh, you got to check my show. Okay. So, Second Chronicles chapter 14, early years of Asa's reign. Oh, yeah. When Abijah died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Asa became the next king. There was peace in the land for ten years. Asa did what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his laws and his his commands. Asa also removed the pagan shrines as well as the incense altars from every one of Judah's towns. So Asa's kingdom enjoyed a period of peace. During those peaceful years, he was able to build up the fortified towns throughout Judah. No one tried to make war against him at this time, for the Lord was giving him rest from his enemies. Asa told the people of Judah, saying, Let us build towns and fortify them with walls, towers, gates, and bars. The land is still ours because we sought the Lord our God. And he's given us peace on every side. So they went ahead with these projects, and they brought them to completion. King Asa had an army of 300,000 warriors from the tribe of Judah, armed with large shields and spears. He also had an army of 280,000 warriors from the tribe of Benjamin, armed with small shields and bows. Both armies were composed of well-trained fighting men. Once an Ethiopian named Zerah attacked Judah with an army of 1 million men and 300 chariots. They advanced to the town of Maresha. So Asa deployed his armies for battle in the valley of North Maresha. Then Asa cried out to the Lord his God, saying, O Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the, against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we trust in you alone. It is in your name that we have come against this vast horde. O Lord, you're our God. Do not let mere men prevail against you. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians in the presence of Asa and the army of Judah, and the enemy fled. Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerar, and so many Ethiopians fell that they were unable to rally. They were destroyed by the Lord and his army, and the army of Judah carried off a vast amount of plunder. While they were at Gerar, they attacked all the towns in that area, and terror from the Lord came upon the people there. As a result, a vast amount of plunder was taken from these towns too. They also attacked the camps of herdsmen and capture many sheep and goats and camels before finally returning to Jerusalem. Second Chronicles 15, Asa's religious reforms. Then the spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Oded, and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. During those dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Nation fought against nation and city against city, for God was troubling them with every kind of problem. But as for you, be strong and courageous, for your work 
will be rewarded. When Asa heard this message from Azariah, the prophet, he took courage and removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin and in the towns he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which stood in front of the entry room of the Lord's temple. Then Asa called together all the people of Judah and Benjamin, along with the people of Ephraim, Manasseh and Simeon, who had settled among them. For many from Israel had moved to Judah during Asa's reign when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. The people gathered at Jerusalem in late spring during the 15th year of Asa's reign. On that day, they sacrificed to the Lord 700 cattle and 7,000 sheep and goats from the plunder they had taken in battle. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. Hmm. They agreed that anyone who refused to seek the Lord, the God of Israel, would be put to death, whether young or old, man or woman. They shouted out their oath of loyalty to the Lord with trumpets blaring, with trumpets blaring and ram's horns sounding. All in Judah were happy about this covenant, for they had entered into it with all their heart. They earnestly sought after God, and they found him. And the Lord gave them rest from their enemies on every side. King Asa even deposed his grandmother, Maka, from her position as queen mother because she'd made an obscene Asherah pole. Oh, yeah. He cut down her obscene pole, broke it up, and burned it in the Kidron Valley. Although the pagan shrines were not removed from Israel, Asa's heart remained completely faithful throughout his life. He brought into the temple of God the silver and gold and the various items that he and his father had dedicated. So there was no more war until the 35th year of Asa's reign. Wow. This is the final years of Asa's reign, 2 Chronicles 16. Mm -hmm. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, King Baasha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. Asa responded by removing silver and gold from the tre treasuries of the temple of the Lord in the royal palace. He sent it to King Ben-Hadad ben of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus along with this message, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me like the one between your father and my father. See, I'm sending you silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. Ben-Hadad agreed to King Asa's request and sent the commanders of his army to attack the towns of Israel. Mm -hmm. They conquered the towns of Aijon, Dan, Abel, Beth, Makkah, and all the store cities in Naphtali. As soon as Basha of Israel heard what was happening, he abandoned his project of fortifying Ramah and stopped all work on it. Then King Asa called out all the men of Judah to carry away the building stones and timbers that Basha had been using to fortify Ramah. Asa used these materials to fortify the towns of Geba and Mizpah. At that time, Hanani, the seer, he came to King Asa and told him, Because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and the Libyans and their vast army with all their chariots and charioteers? At that time, you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you've been. From now on, you will be at war. Asa became so angry with Hanani for saying that he for saying this that he threw him into prison and put him in stocks. At that time, Asa also began to oppress some of his people. Summary of Asa's reign. The rest of the events of Asa's reign from the beginning to the end are recorded in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Yet even with the severity of disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but he turned only to his, his own physicians. So he died in the 
41st year of his reign. He was buried in the tomb that he carved out for himself in the city of David. He was laid on the bed, perfumed with sweet spices and fragrant, fragrant ointments, and the people built a huge funeral fire, fire in his honor. All right. Okay. That was long. Yes, it was. That was long. Yes. But we answered two questions. We do. Yeah. What's for dinner and? What's up? How much? And tacos. Okay. Very good. Okay, guys. Have a great day. We yep, love you. We'll see you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the meat of the word. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because Asa, man, he had it going, but he didn't have it going. He had some good and didn't have some good. You know, it's like good and bad and up and down. Like this guy's on fire, then he's not. Then something else is on fire. It's the idols and the <laughs> Asherah pole. And, and his up, funeral. Funeral and everything. <laughs> he's on fire. Man, it's like back and forth. But I'm going to pick some good, a good thing out of Asa's life. You know, um, the idea of, you know, he... he, he he got into leadership and he and he cleaned house. Yeah. Now we know he didn't fully clean house, you know, towards the end of things here we read, but there's some things he left undone. But he started to clean house. And I think there's a good principle there. Uh, not really going home and pulling out, you know, some cleaners and cleaning the bathroom sure, or your sure. toilets. I mean, definitely do that. Please do that. Yeah. But cleaning house in the personal sense, your your house, your personal life. Yep. You know, uh, what are some things that you need to kind of um, clean up, get rid of, move on, take to the junk pile, never to see them again? Right. Burn them. Because, um, yeah, they're, they're just, um, they're hurting. They're not helping. They're a distraction. Uh, they don't point you to the Lord. They point you away from the Lord. And they could be physical things, you know, the spiritual things, but also physical things. Maybe in your life, and maybe they're in your house. That you just need to, you know what, this is an idol. I need to get rid of it or spend less time with it and, you know, you know smash it, deal with it, turn it off, whatever it may be, um, and, and then replace it with some good stuff as well. So that's personally, get rid of the bad, replace it with good. Mm-hmm. But also physically, I think in your house too, you can get rid of things and replace it with good. One thing, about a year or two ago, my wife and I just kind of looked around the inside of our house. We're like, what evidence do we have in this house that we follow Jesus. Mm. And, you know, we have a picture from Jesus that my good friend uh, who now is with Jesus, Delmer, gave to me mm. <laughs> many years ago. It's in our hallway. It's really cool. But other than that, that's about it. And we're like, you know what? We want to symbolize in our house that Jesus is first and then we have the power of God. So we found, we went to the dollar store and we got this $1 cross, you know, and uh, we put it on the front of our door. Since then, we've upgraded. Um, free Pizza Mike here at the church. He makes crosses. A little yes, plug for does. him. A little plug for Free Pizza little, Mike. He makes incredible crosses out of wood. And so we bought two of them. And we put one on our, our front door. And that symbolizes the protection of God for our home. But that Jesus is first. And we claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And it's just a visible, visible reminder, not only to uh, people that come to our house, but to our family, my kids and, and my wife that come in and out that door. Jesus is first here. And so it's just a little stuff like that to think through. Clean house, get rid of the old, bring some good stuff in that's going to point you to the Lord. So hmm. there you go. I love that. Okay, very yeah. cool. Okay, so where's Jesus? Okay, so where's Jesus? So uh, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you'll find him. But if you abandon him, he'll abandon you. So the reason why that's true is because it's consistent with the character of God. 
if you want to be with him, he wants to be with you. But he gave us free will. So if we reject him, then he'll reject us too. That was in uh, 2 Chronicles 15, verse 1 and 2. Okay. So God, God honors our free will. He granted us free will, the ability to choose him or reject him. He honors that. And so the reason that that's true is it's consistent with his character, and it was even consistent with his character if you go all the way forward to John. Uh, let's see, what would it be? Probably John 15. This is real time. Yep, there it is. So uh, I'm the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they'll produce more fruit. You've already been pruned, talking to the disciples. And purified by the message I've given you. And then he says this, remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. You cannot uh, be fruitful unless you remain in me. So that's consistent across all history that if we choose to remain in God, he will remain in us. And if we uh, don't remain in God, then we won't bear fruit and we won't have any value to the kingdom of God. So um, it's not about losing your salvation, but it's about the life that you're living right now. Like it loses all that uh, that value, that importance, that that impact. You lose all of that if you don't remain in God. Mm. And we're going to see that throughout the history of the kings um, of Israel and Judah. That man, they really lose their impact quickly. And you know, you see that kind of at the end of Asa's reign, he starts to make these moral compromises, and very quickly it un- it unravels all around him. You know, and how quickly we can do that in our own lives that's as true. well. So mm. uh, that's where I see Jesus. Jesus echoes this teaching not mm. because he's trying to be cheeky and refer back to Asa, but because it's consistent with God, and he is God. And so it's just a truth that's consistent with the character of God. And so there's a few things that we see like that in the Old Testament that just show us who Jesus is just simply because they're true, and so is he. So mm. that is where I see Jesus in this. And, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, very good. Good good stuff, and thank you guys for joining us today. We are so proud of you. Yep. And please fr- uh, share this with friends and family. Wear your Chip and Eric t-shirt and drink mm-hmm. coffee out of the Chip and Eric mug that you're going Which to get. Which you definitely have by now. Yeah, I hope so. Better. If not, then please. Barrage Hannah with messages. That's a good idea. Here's, her, here's her phone number. We haven't done that in a while. Go ahead. Yeah, give her the here's phone her number. phone number. Yep. It's, it's area code 404-444-4444. <laughs> 